This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, this is Annie Grace, the author of This This Naked Mind, creator of The Alcohol Experiment, and I am answering questions. And today I have a question from Charlotte. She says, I would find it really helpful if you could do a video about the challenges of staying sober in the warmer weather when it feels like everyone else is sitting out in beer gardens, chilling and drinking. It's getting warm here in the UK, and despite all the work I've done debunking the myths around my reasons for drinking, I still feel like there's some cognitive dissonance when it comes to the hot weather as it's been a huge trigger for me to drink in the past. I'm only two weeks sober and I have no intention of giving in, but it's difficult as my boyfriend drinks every night and thinks that's what everyone does when it's hot. Any thoughts, advice on how to keep my head straight against this conditioning so I can remain sober sober during the warmer weather and not feel like I'm missing out would be great. Um, This is such a great question. So first of all, let's talk a little bit about just triggers in general. So triggers happen because of a dopamine spike mostly. And you can think about it like this. Uh, dopamine is a molecule that is in our brains and it's released and we used to think you know everybody thought okay dopamine is associated with pleasure because generally dopamine releases when there's something pleasurable is happening but we've since learned that dopamine is actually in addition to pleasure it is really responsible for learning so it's now known even in some circles as the learning molecule and how dopamine works is it triggers when our brains are told okay that thing you just did we need you to do it again Um, And so, for instance, you could look back at to when we were cavemen and living in caves and looking for, say, food. And so, say you were searching for a raspberry bush and you were going out and searching and searching and searching and then all of a sudden you found a raspberry bush. You would have a huge dopamine spike. And what that dopamine would do is not only tell your brain, okay, this thing we just did, we need to do this again. And that's the way that it would help you survive evolutionarily, but it would also say, imprint the things that happened just before you got you found the raspberries and this was so that over time you could find raspberries easier so your brain would imprint on okay um and this is all subconsciously but it would be like how rocky is it is it sunny is it shady you know is there water around what sort of factors and environmental factors are around that we found these raspberries and so over time you start being able to find raspberries easier you don't really understand how you just get better at it but it has a lot to do with the fact that the dopamine has imprinted the things that happened right previous to that dopamine spike of finding the raspberries. And so how does this relate to alcohol? Alcohol artificially triggers dopamine release. So artificially high levels and skyrockets the dopamine release. And that's all addictive, addictive substances. They do the same thing. And so your brain learns addiction. It learns, okay, that thing you did, it had this artificially high spike of dopamine. We want to do that again. And so it imprints the things that happen before that drink. And so those things can be, oh, it's nice outside. Oh, somebody's, you know, or reaching for um, the bottle opener or driving by a liquor store or pulling the glasses out of the cabinet. And so all of these things trigger dopamine anticipatory dopamine saying, okay, this thing is something that I want. And when you want something and you don't allow yourself to have it, when you have a trigger and then you don't follow through on it, the brain gets really mad and really frustrated. It's kind of like, it says, wait, 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 we were so close. This is the thing that was needed, but it's, it's a form of how your brain has learned addiction. 
and understanding it can be really helpful with those triggers because you can say, okay, this is just something that's neurochemically happening and it's not actually that I'm going to be missing out. It's just this feeling that I have is happening because of these chemicals in my body. And guess what? Over time, when I make a different choice or a different decision in the same situation, this trigger will go away. And so it won't be, you know, um, always like this. The other thing to keep in mind, and this is a beautiful thing that this is happening really, Charlotte, is that every single new event for an entire year that happens is going to A, trigger dopamine, but also give you some anxiety because you just haven't done it alcohol-free before. And so once you get through an entire year, a beautiful thing starts to happen where you say, okay, I've done this before, and your anxiety goes down the dopamine has, has mellowed out and you are in a much better place. But in that first year, it's going to be like, okay, you have to be really mindful about these things. And you're in this period of change where um, you want to be hypervigilant. You want to be hyper alert. You want to be looking at, at things and asking yourself questions. And one of the things that I, I like to do is just kind of think it forward, right? So if you were to go out and sit and have those drinks in the garden or whatever, the beer garden, what, how would that feel in an hour? How would that feel in two hours? How's that going to feel tomorrow? How's it going to feel in a week? How's that going to feel when you've, uh, you know, completely fallen back into it and then you have to get out of it again? You know, the first two weeks are the hardest because that's where alcohol is really leaving your system and you're already through those two weeks. So using that as a motivation and really thinking it forward. The other advice that I have is to go into every new experience without expectations. So go and be at the beer garden, order your lemonade or your iced tea or something else super refreshing and treat yourself to something nice and non-alcoholic and say, okay, this might suck. It might be hot, awful, but it might be amazing. Either way, I'm not going to have expectations about this. I'm just going to become the investigator in this experience and see what really happens. And when we go into something, say, oh, everybody's drinking. I'm not drinking. I'm going to be missing out. This is such a bummer like you will be missing out. When you go into it thinking, oh my gosh, this is going to be amazing. I'm alcohol free. It's going to be great. And then you walk in and like somebody looks at you wrong and you're like, oh, everything was wrong. This isn't great. So if you can go into it without expecting on either side, so not saying this is going to suck because I'm going to be missing out, but also not saying this is going to be amazing. Just say, okay, I'm going to show up. I'm going to sit in the sunshine. I'm going to drink my iced tea and I'm going to see what happens. And actually, I cannot find iced tea in the UK. At least you couldn't when I was there. So iced tea is a bad example for, for you. But you're going to drink um, whatever refreshing drink you have decided, maybe your elderflower soda or something like that, and, and just see how the experience unfolds. And another piece of advice I have is as you're seeing how the experience unfolds, make a commitment to be really present for the people around you. A phenomenal thing happens when you get out of your own head and you start to really engage with and ask questions about other people. When you sit down maybe with somebody you just haven't talked to and, and really dig into what's going on in their life, how is their family, what's going on with their work, you know, what's just learning and asking questions, question after question after question about somebody else and giving them the time and the space and creating the presence of you being there for them. Like it builds really good, deep relationships and it gets you completely out of your own head. So it allows you to really just enjoy the experience and, um, and you can, you know, really benefit from that. So I hope this helps. It's just some tips about going into the summer. And uh, again, Charlotte, it's an excellent question. So thank you so much.
Hi, I'm so excited, you guys, because we are just about to start another live alcohol experiment. And if you do not know about the alcohol experiment, you need to literally drop everything right now and go to thisnakedmind.com forward slash LAE. That's LAE for live alcohol experiment. And here's the thing. This 30-day challenge is designed to interrupt your patterns and put you back in touch with the best version of you. You know it's that version that's living the most joyful life. That version that doesn't need alcohol to relax or have a good time. And that version that's having more fun and is more peaceful than ever. Again, it's a 30-day challenge. It's live. It's starting on the first. So hurry up. Go to thisnakedmind.com forward slash L-A-D. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.